0: Welcome to the Manage My Wedding podcast, where we believe your wedding is the most important time in your life, and you deserve to feel supported and organized when planning the wedding of your dreams. I'm your host, Yvette Sitters. Hello, and welcome to episode 81. So you're planning a wedding, and that is like massive enough on its own but then you have the added pressure of the hens and the bucks parties. Start getting all flustered over what you should have, bridal shower or hens or both or neither, and then some of you just want to hide from it all instead. Then you worry about who to invite to what or who is organising and can you ask someone to start the organisation of it. Then games, no games, activities, no activities, lunch, dinner, weekend away, and the anxiety rises. So let's walk through it all on this episode and help you work out what is right for you. Now on the episode, I'm going to call them hens and bucks. And I know that for many of you in other countries, you would not call them that and you'll call them a bachelorette party or bachelor party on so many different names, bridal showers. Some people call them a kitchen tea. So I'm just going to call mostly hens and bucks because that's easy for me (laughs) and I won't get all confused because that's mostly what we call them in Australia. Now, if you're listening to this in real time, which is the week of Monday the 7th of June 2021, then you should know that today I have released a pre-wedding event celebration guide. Now this guide has got you covered everything you need to do and plan for your pre-wedding events. It guides you through what happens when. I step you through the pre-wedding celebration guide every step of the way and once complete, you can hand it over to your support crew so they know exactly what you want. It makes life easier for them when they're putting all the plans together. They're going to know that you are going to be happy and have fun, plus it takes away any confusion and arguments between the bridal party when making the decisions, and we all know that that can get tense. The guide includes how to decide what events you want and what activities you like and dislike. It includes a do's and don'ts request, a guest list manager with all your guest contact details, over 120 party and activity ideas to help you pick what you would like to do for your hens or bucks, and much more. I will drop the link in the show notes for you to download today. So what is the first step? The first step is to decide what you're having or what you think you might like to have. Are you having a quiet dinner with just your immediate family and bridal party? Or are you having a huge hurrah and inviting every single person you know? This is completely a personal choice, honestly. It totally has to suit what you like and want. I'm going to tell you what I did because it might help some of you, because I have a huge family and They are very close and I was living on the other side of the country to my family and friends when I got married and I was having my wedding where I lived. So everyone was already travelling to me. So I didn't want them travelling for my pre-wedding celebrations also because that just would be so expensive and unfair. So I flew home to them and my grandmother was also sick and she couldn't fly so I knew that I can then include her. So I split the groups up because I didn't like the idea of having like 70 to, you know, a hundred people at my party. just, just didn't want that to happen because, you know, on the wedding day, it's already hard enough to talk to everyone. And I didn't want to have that situation for everything leading up to the wedding. So I did a few things. Mm. The first thing I did was a bridal shower or a high tea, or some of you might call it a kitchen tea. And I did that for just family and my bridesmaids also came so they could help. And that was at my mum's house. And that is where, you know, we did the high tea with champagne, of course, and we played games and they all came with kitchen gifts for me. So that was a really traditional type bridal shower wedding, pre-wedding event, very traditional. And my mum and grandmother obviously loved that. Now we did that in the daytime. And then after that, We headed to my sister-in-law's for an evening of drinks and just partying and we had so much fun. And my mum still came to that because we're very close and she loves to party and have fun. So some of my family did come, but I only invited the ones that kind of like, that I'm very, very close to and love to celebrate and, you know, dance the night away. So we went there. They had organised a topless waiter because I had requested that I did not want a stripper. That was my personal choice. You can have whatever you wish. But that was my choice and so instead they went with the topless waiter and he was actually really lovely and he poured the drinks and made the cocktails all night. So it kind of took that stress off them as well. And then we actually went out dancing late in the night. They'd organised a massive stretch limo that we all piled into and that was a lot of fun. Big headache the next day, of course. (laughs) But it always shows that you've had fun. I think, I'm trying to remember rightly, but I think that they all wore black and white maybe, or just black. I can't remember. And I wore a really colorful dress and they did that. They deliberately organized that so that I could stand out. So that was really thoughtful. And then I had another function and that was back where I lived in Perth. So on the other side of the country. And that was really lovely actually. And that was organized by no family and no one in my bridal party, but it was organized by one of, I would call her one of my best friends and She's a really good friend, still a great friend today, and you know we'd lived over in London together, and she lived in Perth as well, so we were, we were very close. And she really wanted to organise something for all my Perth friends, and also for my work colleagues, which was really lovely. And it was just a really nice lunch that kind of went into the night, but it was so much fun. And I I didn't want her to have the stress of you know collecting all the money and all of that, so we picked a venue. Kind of together that everyone could just pay as they ordered and she surprised everyone with some little little bags of little treats it was really really lovely and we just had the funnest day and it was honestly really really beautiful when i look back now i think that that was probably my most favorite event and not because of the people who went or cuz i love everyone but just because we we had lunch and we sat down and relaxed and we chatted and had a bit of fun and then we could party later. So it was really good fun. Honestly, it was really nice. So you can see I did three different things and not everyone wants to do three things and that I totally understand, but I just was in a situation where that is what worked for me. So have a think about what is going to work for you and honestly go with that. Don't go with anything that anyone else wants. So would I do that again? You know, I ask myself sometimes. No. (laughs) If I was getting married again now at this time in my life, I would honestly, I would have just a lunch with 20 of my closest and I'd leave it at that. But that's because I'm at a totally different stage in my life now. What I love then has completely changed now. So think about you and what makes you happy right now. There is absolutely nothing worse, I think, than a party that you don't enjoy, that you don't want to go to because it's not your thing. So I cannot stress that enough. If you are a complete extrovert and you love a party, then hire a bar and invite every single person you know, even people that may not be going to the wedding. And actually, I do want to make mention of that. I did, with the Perth one, invite people that were only going to come to the ceremony because we just had too many guests at the wedding and we just couldn't invite everyone. So I did have people that came to that lunch knowing they weren't coming to the wedding, but they were just so excited to be included. So you can also do that. And if you don't love a party and you're not an extrovert and you think, hmm, I'm definitely more of an introvert and you want to hide, then just have a high tea with your besties and your mum. It has to suit you this is what you love and not what anyone else loves. And I know that I'm really stressing that point enough, but it's really important because this is your wedding. This is a lead up to your day and you need to make sure you enjoy it. And that is also why I put this new events pre-wedding events guide together so that you can work out what that looks like for you. And you can pass that on to the person or the people that you know that can make your request happen. Now I'm not going to read through the 120 ideas that I give you in the guide because I would be here forever. (laughs) But here are some ideas just to get you thinking that are actually in the guide. But I just I just want to give you a little sample so you can have a thought of some of them. Flower crown making, teppanyaki, gin distillery tour, cocktail making, bottomless brunch, a pamper party, a paint and sip, a dance class, glamping. A lot of fun. Private cinema hire in your backyard, a pool party, a digger station, or even something like a blindfolded dinner. I don't know if people listening on here have actually ever heard of one of those, but I've been to one and oh my God, it was mind blowing. It was the most incredible experience. It was when I lived in London and all my housemates and all our friends came. And you actually, the moment you step into the restaurant, you're in complete darkness. So, Every person as well that works there is blind. Like everyone in the kitchen, everyone sitting you down, everyone. And honestly, it was the the food was divine. The wine was amazing. I couldn't hardly use my cutlery. I think I'd use my fingers for most of the eating because it was something I'm not used to. But it was the most incredible experience. It certainly made me so give so much more gratitude to having my eyesight. But it made us like really engage with each other and talk about the food and the experience. So, you know, you can really do something quite cool like that as well if you're like, you know what, you know, I want to do something and not everyone's going to be looking at me. Something like that is perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, just that's just a little bit of a sample of some of the ideas of things that you can do. And you can also see from that it's it doesn't have to be just do a typical hire a room and get a stripper. <laughs> The ideas are endless. It can be fun, entertaining, or quiet and peaceful. It's it's however you prefer. In the guide, you tick all the ideas you prefer so then you can give that to your party planners or your bridal party <laughs> and it, you can give them the options of those things because you need to give them options, right? You can't just say, oh, I really like the idea of teppanyaki. That's what I want. You've got to give them a couple of options because they need to check If there's availability on the dates and they also need to make sure things can fit in the budget. So it's really important to give a selection. The guide also goes through the do's and the don'ts. And those are things that you need to think about. Like, I do want to wear a veil and I don't want any penis paraphernalia. And there's many more do's and don'ts that you have to think of, like telling them, you know, I do want to dress up party. No, I don't want to dress up party. Those sorts of things. Now let's talk about who organises these events and how you get started. If you've got a bridal party, then it's pretty simple. It's easy. This is their responsibility. When they accepted to be in your bridal party, they accepted this task of planning your pre-event celebration. Sometimes we might just have only a maid of honour or a best man and they are absolutely our closest friend and you can't think of anyone else better for that role, but you know that they're outright hopeless at planning anything. We all have those friends, right? And we love them to bits. So, this is where you make sure you involve either other friends and family members, or if you have an, more in your bridal party, you involve them as well and you include them in the emails so that they all jointly helping. Now, I said before, if you only have one bridal party member and you think they're going to struggle, Honestly, go and talk to another friend or sibling first before you send out the email and ask them if they wouldn't mind helping. And if they accept, just include them in all the email communication. And the way to then tell that bridal party member so that you don't want them to feel bad is just to say to them, you know, look, I've asked someone else to help you as I think it's a massive job on your own, and it can be. It can be a really big job depending on what you want to do and how many people. And so I wanted you to have some extra support, so I've included this person. And then they'll probably be pretty relieved, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Now, sometimes I do see the bride and groom organising their own, but usually that's because they're having what's called a joint hux. You're like, what is a hux? (laughs) This is a hen's and a buck's combined. It's very, I think, fairly a new thing to happen, but it's becoming much more popular. And I do see this often usually because the bridal party have been together for years or they've already got a family and they've got like all the same friends. So they all want to celebrate together and have a combined party. And if this is the case or this is something you're like, hmm, I really want to consider that. Then you should still include the bridal party or your closest friends or family to help out because planning a wedding is enough on your plate already. So pass them over your guest list, some date options and some ideas of what you want to do, and leave the task to them. Honestly, this is something you will regret if you don't, even if you are an absolute control freak. (laughs) In those last couple of months of planning, You will not have the time to be trying to finalise your party on top of the wedding and you're going to end up an exhausted mess before your big day and that is something that you will truly regret. So I just want to say let go, just show up to your party and make memories that you will have forever. You will not regret it at the end of the day if that's what you did and, you know, I can be a control freak. No, I'm a control freak, let's be honest. And that comes with being an event organizer. And I did let go. I let my bridal party organize everything. I just told them the do's and the don'ts. And I told them the things that I would like to do. And then I let them be. I honestly let them be. I did I did definitely help them a lot with chasing RSVPs. And I talk about that in the guide because you know the people better and you can help chase up. And I did check in them to see if there's anything that, I could do, but I'm so glad now that I let go and I did do that because that last month or sometimes even the last two months is hectic. You are so busy. There is so much to do and there's so many little things that you didn't realise you'd have to do towards the end, take up time. And I really would not have had time to organise those pre-wedding events as well. So please take my advice here. <laughs> it's really, really important. Just turn up and have fun. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, I would just be so grateful if you could please jump over to the podcast app and leave me a five-star review because every one of those reviews just inspires me more, makes me want to keep going, and it helps other brighter couples find me and make their wedding planning process easier as well. And until next time, enjoy being engaged, staying stress-free and organized while planning the wedding of your dreams.